0: and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for
1: us today. It was Joshua who was next in line to lead Israel after Moses died. He was preparing the Israelites to enter the land of Canaan. He made it clear that when we enter this land, you as people have a choice to make. Who are you going to serve as we enter this land? Are you going to serve Yahweh, the creator God of this universe? Or are you going to serve the false gods in the land of Canaan? And then Joshua makes this well-known statement in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, when he says, as for me and for my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Amen. Now, in your sermon notes, the word serve in that verse in Joshua is the word abad. And that word serve in the Hebrew means to work. It's not something that's easy uh, to serve the Lord. That word serve is not something that's effortless. It's work. It requires energy, effort, sacrifice. And if you ever get to the point where you can see the God of the Bible, Yahweh, and see the greatness of God and the fact that He sees all, that He knows all and understand that God can do all, and then you realize all that Jehovah God has done for you, you can't help but want to serve a God like that. In the New Testament, Joshua was in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, it makes it clear that you and I are supposed to serve. And the New Testament, explains that you and I are to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That once you're saved, you should understand that your purpose here on this earth, wherever you go, is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because people can't see Jesus, but they can see you. The Bible says this in Romans 12, just as each of us has one body, you have one body, you have many members and these members uh, do not all have the same function. My feet have a different function than my hands. My eyes have a different function than my ears. So, verse 5 in Christ, we who are many, and there are many of us here today, yet we form one body. And each member, he's talking about each of you, you belong to all the other members. Verse 6 we have different gifts we're not all the same here today according to the grace god has gifted each of you so that you might serve the body of christ and there's three things about serving that i want you to understand three basic uh, truths truth number one in your notes whenever you serve whoever you serve you're actually serving jesus i know it looks like you're serving people but according to the Bible, when you serve in His name, whoever you're serving, you're actually serving Jesus. And there's several examples of this in the Bible. The first are children. Children. The Bible says, "Jesus, these are His words in Matthew 18, verse five. Whoever welcomes one such child in My name welcomes who? Welcomes Me. So when you're helping or caring for a child, you're helping or caring for jesus according to the bible it's also true second of all write this down when you help those who preach the gospel now this is going to sound a little self-serving because i'm someone who preaches the gospel and i'm going to say something and read you scripture and you're going to go that's not in the bible yes it is and that's why you need to have a bible because you should always check up on what the preacher says amen In the same way he said it about children, he also said it about those who preach the gospel. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, Jesus said these words as he's talking to the 12, as he sends them out to preach. He says, Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. In other words, as you honor or welcome a missionary, as you honor or welcome a pastor or a minister, or someone's life who is dedicated to share the gospel according to the bible you're actually serving jesus i had a guy who gave me a ride yesterday i needed a ride and my buddy steve said i'll give you a ride i said you don't need to give me a ride i said my wife's coming to pick me up he said no i'll take you i said no you don't need to my wife is coming to pick me up he insisted he Pastor, let me let me i don't mind i said okay called my wife honey you don't need to come steve's gonna take me He knew that later on that day, I'd be preaching, and I was kind of stressed out, and he just wanted to do whatever he could do just to help me, but whether he realized it or not, he was actually helping Jesus, and to be honest with you, I was scared to death while he was driving. (laughs) I'd never been so close to Jesus in all my life. There's a third category. Most of you have heard of this category. It's the least of these. See, there's still several people groups that Jesus said, as you're helping them, you're actually helping me. And one of those categories are the least of these, Matthew 25. Jesus talks about helping those who are hungry, helping those who are strangers, helping those who are naked, helping those who are in prison, helping those who are sick, helping those who cannot help themselves. He calls them the least of these. In Matthew 25, verse 40, it's in your Bible, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. You ever seen anybody in trouble? You ever seen a homeless person living in LA? You ever seen someone who's stranded? Have you ever seen someone who is illegal? You ever seen someone who's hungry, someone who's in the hospital, someone who's lost, someone who's thirsty? Sometimes we justify their plight. We say, well, they kind of deserve, I've never made bad, that person must have made a whole bunch of bad decisions in their life. That's why they're in the situation they're in, like you're justifying the position that they're in so that you don't need to help them. Next time, remember, if you help them, if you help the least of these, that you're actually helping Jesus. When you work, you're working for him. When you volunteer, you're volunteering for him. If you look on the way out of here, you find a piece of trash on the floor, and you say, I'm going to pick that up. And you take it over, you put it in the trash bin. You're actually picking that up on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because whenever you serve, whoever you serve, you're serving jesus number two write this down get this point there's a differential here serving leads people to jesus christ not only are you serving jesus but the person you're serving you're actually leading them to jesus when you use your gifts and talents for the body of christ you're actually helping people find jesus christ let me tell you something about this church we are trying to win people to Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. And as we try to lead people to Jesus Christ, we're successful in that as people who have gifts and talents serve and do your part. Greeters who greet. Ushers who usher. Trams that tram. Right? Workers that work. Uh, people who serve in so many different capacities here in this church, but the reason we are serving is that we might point people to Jesus Christ. The story is told of St. Francis of Assisi. He took a student with him as he went to town. The student watched as St. Francis gave some money to a poor person. He worked in a local kitchen, and he helped a family build or mend a fence, and they returned to the monastery, and the whole time He never said a single word and the student was perplexed and he said, I thought you said we were going to preach the gospel and Francis replied, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. The story indicates that the most powerful sermons we preach are not with words, but with actions. Many of you preach much louder sermons than me because I preach with words. You are preaching with deeds. The truth is words are cheap. Actions are louder than words. That's true on so many different levels. Number one, write this down. It's true with your spouses. It's true with your spouses. The Bible says, and this is in the Bible, 1 Peter 3, verse 1 and 2. Wives, everybody say wives. Wives. In the same way, be submissive to your husband, so that if any of them do not believe, if you're married to an unsaved man, the way you live your life, the rest of that says that they may be won over without words, but by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and the reverence of your lives. There's only one person we're to be reverent towards and that's God himself. And that is saying, and it doesn't matter whether it's wives to husbands or husbands to wives, if you want to see a difference in your marriage, you as part of that couple, you decide that you're going to live a pure life and a life where you live a life that is, you have reverence for God. Your spouse, as they see you living for God, it will motivate them to live for God without you ever saying a word to them about living for God. It's also true about pagans. Pagans, 1 Peter chapter 2.12 says, Live such good lives among the pagans. I like, to, I like to add of L.A., the pagans of L.A. That would be a good TV show. <laughs> Live such good lives among the pagans of L.A. That though they accuse you of doing wrong as a Christian, they will see your good deeds. You just keep living a good life, a godly life, And one day as you glorify God, when he returns, they will glorify God too. When the Lord Jesus Christ returns, I believe it's true with our spouses. It's true with those who are outside of Christ. Number three, write this down. It's true with the whole wide world, the whole world, not just the pagans here in LA. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew five, verse 14, you are the light of what the light of what you are the light of the whole world a city on a hill cannot be hidden verse 15 neither do people light a lamp can you imagine lighting a lamp and then just covering it with a bowl what good why would you do that instead they put it on a, a stand you light a lamp you put it on its stand why because it gives light to everyone in the what in the house you see you might live here today and no one in your house is a christian Well, God put you in that house to be the light of that household. You just keep living for God day in and day out. Get up and serve God. And one day your example will lead that entire household to Jesus Christ. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before all men that they may see your good deeds. Yes, but the ultimate goal is that they will praise your father in heaven. So, number one, what when we serve, who are we, really, who are we really serving? We're serving Jesus. But the reason we serve is to lead people to who? To lead people to Jesus. But here's the third point. Write this down. Oh, this is good. Serving Jesus actually makes you like Jesus. As you serve, you're actually becoming like Jesus. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 13. I want to explain john chapter 13 read read a few verses let me give you the context jesus is about ready to go to the cross and die he's not going to be on earth much longer he's in a room with his disciples and they're all there peter is there he's the one who curses and denies that he even knows jesus after spending three and a half years he curses and denies that he even knows jesus that that is just a few moments away judas is there everybody say judas Judas. he's there judas is the one who's going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver he's there and at the end of this meal jesus gets up and he takes a towel and he takes a basin and water and back in those days people walked for miles they didn't have nice shoes they had sandals and they didn't have concrete floors they walked on dusty roads imagine if everyone in this room had walked in here several miles on dirt floors and all you had on was sandals we could smell the dirt jesus shows jesus gets away from the table and he gets down on his knees and he begins to wash the feet of peter the one who's going to deny he even knows jesus He's going to wash the dirty, smelly, stinky feet of Judas, the one who's going to betray him. He washes all those feet. And then the Bible says in John 13, verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place and he asked this question Do you guys have any clue to what I just did for you? Verse 13. You call me teacher, everybody say teacher. Teacher. And you call me Lord, everybody say Lord. Lord. Now some of you sitting here right now, you believe that, most people say this, yeah, I believe he was a teacher. I'm not sure he's Lord, because if he is Lord, you're going to have to live according to his will, Amen? amen? But he says to these disciples, you call me teacher and you call me Lord, and rightly so, he says, for that is what I am. I got news for you. He is a teacher, but he's also Lord. And then he says in verse 14, and in my Bible, I don't know if you can see it. It's, I've got it highlighted in yellow, and I've got a star. Because this is important. Jesus says in verse 14, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. John. You should wash Peter's feet. Peter, you should wash Judas's feet. Judas, you should wash his feet. Jesus washes their feet and says, you should do the same as I have done. Then he says in verse 15, I have set you an example. Everybody say an example. That you should do as I've done for you. And then I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master. There is nothing that you will ever do on this earth that is greater than what Jesus did. I believe this. You know, we, we're here on earth. We go, man, i gotta do, I got to do some great things for God. Oh, Dudley, you gotta, you got really, to do something impressive for God. No, you're never going to be greater. All he wants you to do is to do what he did. And he got down on his knees and he washed his disciples' feet. He, what he wants you to do is to serve is what he wants you to do. You'll be just like him. And then he says in verse 17, now that you know these things... You will be what? You will be blessed if you do what? I've asked you this before. How many of you want to live under the blessing of God? He said, you will be blessed if you do these things. What things? Get off your high horse and look for people in the body of Christ and use your gifts and serve. This is Henry Dunant. Everybody say Dunant. He was born in Switzerland. Here's, the, here's his birth date, the year 1828. His parents were wealthy. He was born with a silver spoon, so to speak, in his mouth. He could have lived his whole life in what we call lazy luxury. Those who know him say that he was a kind and caring man who often visited the sick and helped those that were poor. As a young man, he started an organization called the Young Men's Christian Union, designed to help teenage boys. As an adult, he had an appointment with Napoleon III, whose armies were off at war in Italy. And on his way to meet Napoleon III, he passed a battlefield and saw the atrocities of war. He saw bayonets and guns rusting in the mud. He saw the bodies of some 30,000 soldiers, most of them dead, but some of them still alive. He heard the cries of the agony and their pain. Some were cursing as they breathed their last breath of life. Dunet couldn't turn away. He went to the nearest town and persuaded the townspeople to turn their church into a first aid station. And then he persuaded the citizens to help him, and they went to the battlefield, and they carried out the wounded on stretchers from the battlefield to the church. And for three weeks, he worked side by side with the doctors and the nurses, ministering to the wounded and to the dying. Eventually, he returned home, But he could never forget what he'd seen and experienced. And one day, at an international gathering in what is now known as the Geneva Convention, there were 22 nations that signed a declaration granting immunity to doctors and nurses and ambulances so that they could go into the battlefields to bring back the wounded without fear of being shot at themselves. And they adopted as a symbol a cross, a red cross, to identify them. And today, wherever there's a flood, a tornado, a disaster, war, you will see the red cross. It was all started by a man who couldn't turn his back on the misery of what he had seen. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that there is another cross from 2,000 years ago. It too is a cross that is stained with blood. It too is because of someone who couldn't turn his back on the condition and misery and the sin of the world. And the Bible says these words get this etched into your heart. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man, Jesus, He came. He did not come to be served. He came to serve. And to give His life as a ransom for many. Don't you see that Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth to serve you? To die for you. So that you might have everlasting life. And if Jesus gave everything that he had, even his life, we too, in order to be like him, we should serve. We should be willing to give our all. And the church, the church, we're here to worship him. And we're here to serve him. And when we serve others, we're serving him. And when we serve others, we're leading people to Him. And when we serve, we're becoming like Him. And all God's people said,
0: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. four seven seven seven. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Hello friends, my name is Dusty Frizzell and I want to invite you to our Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service. Worship service starts at 7 p.m. And it's for all ages. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends. And you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there.